This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode of NL Hafta. We are recording this at 3 in the afternoon on the 29th of April on Thursday. After a while we have a full panel here on Hafta. Um we have joining us from Delhi and we're all recording this from home because uh, other than to record Manisha's show nuisance and Atul's tippani uh we are working from home uh, so joining us is mehraj from his home hi mehraj hello uh, raman kripal hi raman sir how are you hi raman uh, sir is in uttarakhand or delhi 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 he is in delhi and uh, manisha as you can hear she is joining us from her home unfortunately in delhi would have preferred uttarakhand <laughs> you would have preferred uttarakhand but yeah but you recorded nuisance after what a three week yeah three week in the middle so yeah probably by the time this hafta goes up it will be around the time nuisance will be going up so after a long time we have nuisance uh, joining us also is anand from patna hi anand hello how are you all well yes yes fine and joining us is banjot banjot uh, those of our regular listeners you have probably heard her before on our podcasts uh, she's been a journalist for over a decade she's based out of delhi she's been reporting on health for 8 years now uh she was she was down to earth and before that she worked in times of india in patna for more than 5 years and she started her career in 2012 with ani uh, she graduated from imc delhi and i just found out in my conversation with her she's from reva where i have some very memorable memories of my shooting over there health has been remained her major focus and besides she's written stories on water and sanitation rivers agriculture and waste management and as part of her reportage she's traveled to a dozen districts two dozen districts of india largely in villages of mp up bihar rajasthan odisha and maharashtra and the scores of people she has met during her trips has been her laboratory of journalism so welcome banjot how are you thanks abhinandan i am good thank you right now you're in delhi yeah i'm in delhi before we get into the headlines i'm i'm guessing your reporting for the last some time would probably be all about covid yeah more than one year now the latest way what do you make of it is it um something that will go down like in maharashtra some people say it will follow that same trajectory it went through the roof and now maharashtra is on the way down delhi is on its own trip so uh, there are various models which suggest that cases may start start declining by mid may but the pace of decline would be much slower as compared to what the pace of uh, going up of cases was so the cases may start declining but the decline would be slow so we may not realize actually that the cases have started declining the the pressure on the healthcare system of the this the national capital may also not decline soon so it will take some time actually for us to feel that you know the cases have started declining though statistically it may start happening by by mid may i see so um before we get on to our discussion on the panel let's get the headlines from manisha yes India's daily covid figures hit a new high today with 3.79 lakh fresh infections and 3645 deaths reported in the past 24 hours in one week india has added more than 22.5 lakh covid cases and the cumulative surge in deaths has gone up to 89% civic records have revealed that over 1000 covid deaths are missing quote unquote in delhi's data of covid related deaths The Delhi High Court has said that millions of vials of Remdesivir used to treat coronavirus may have been exported by India but its own citizens are suffering due to an acute shortage of the drug 
The Delhi High Court has also urged residents not to hoard oxygen cylinders and medicines as the second wave of the coronavirus batters the Indian healthcare system. They've also said that the police, Delhi police, should not be confiscating oxygen and medicines because patients are trying to procure these in desperation. Madras High Court has blamed Election Commission for COVID surge in Tamil Nadu. The Supreme Court has directed that journalist Siddiq Kappan to be shifted from Mathura Jail to a government hospital in Delhi for medical treatment. The government of Assam and Maharashtra on Monday said they were unlikely to begin vaccinating all adults from May 1st because of the unavailability of vaccines. After an initial hiccup of OTP delay and server crash, covin.gov.in started taking registrations and 75 lakh vaccine registrations. There have been no glitches, says Covin chief R.S. Sharma. Serum Institute of India's CEO Adar Punawala announced that its COVID-19 vaccine candidate, Covishield's price for states, will be reduced from 400 rupees to 300 rupees with an immediate effect as a quote-unquote philanthropic gesture. The United States on Sunday announced that it would immediately send raw materials for vaccine production. There was a bit of a delay in this and a bit of a drama. India has turned down an offer of help from the United Nations for an integrated chain supply of coronavirus-related material. One doesn't know why. Nagpur bench of the Bombay High Court has ruled that WhatsApp group admins can't be held liable for objectionable content posted by a member unless it is proved there was common intention or pre-arranged plan between them. Center has asked Twitter to take down around 100 tweets critical of COVID handling. Facebook had temporarily blocked posts containing hashtags calling on Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi's resignation. Uh, There was a lot of complaint about this and then these hashtags were reinstated. And there's been a statement through ANI by the Indian government and the Information Technology Ministry saying that they never directed Facebook to take down any hashtags. LG Anil Bejal is now the government in Delhi as Centre notifies the law giving him more power. FIR was filed against a man in Uttar Pradesh who sought Twitter help for oxygen for his grandfather. Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath has asked officials to take action under the National Security Act and seize the property of individuals who spread rumours and propaganda on social media and try to spoil the atmosphere. India has slammed Australian newspaper for report criticising Modi for COVID crisis, saying it is baseless and malicious. Meanwhile, Le Mans today has a very strong op-ed on the Modi government and its mishandling of the COVID crisis. Around 3,000 COVID infected have gone missing from Bengaluru, says the minister. IIT Kharagpur teacher allegedly abused students for not standing up for national anthem as evidenced in a viral video. According to the print, the students of preparatory class were on a group belonging to the scheduled caste, scheduled tribes, community and persons with disabilities. And the teacher lashed out at these students. And later on, she made an excuse that she has coronavirus because of which she lashed out. Let's discuss the sudden international coverage on of COVID and of Prime Minister Modi. So there have been a few searing pieces. One is in the French newspaper, La Monde, it's called, right? La Monde. La Monde. Then, of course, the Purane Papi, usual suspects of New York Times and Washington Post, etc. And uh, I haven't seen them, I haven't seen anyone, uh, you know, such editorial speaking about the head of state of a major country like this unless they're talking about a you know a particularly bad week of erdogan i mean i i no matter how critical the language used the way they have completely ripped into him uh, so let me is this a, a newfound um, whipping boy is it justified why so much attention is it because of the numbers sheer population 
what explains this sudden pushback? And of course, we'll talk about our Desi media later, but let's start with this. Manisha, you want to go first, then we can ask the rest of the panel. Like you said, the usual suspects have been critical for a while now, right? Time, Economist, New York Times, Washington Post. I mean, I, I don't know, even uh, Economist at least has done a bunch of editorials, which has been quite harsh. But of course, here the scale of it, and I think they're also re uh, reacting to what they're seeing on social media for them, at least even if they don't have correspondence here, BBC does. Uh, but, you know, even like an Economist or New York Times or uh, the Australian paper, they don't have correspondence here, but they are gauging a lot of what's happening in India through social media, where you're seeing SOS messages, you know, by the minute, you're seeing images of, uh, you know, people pleading for oxygen, dying or vehicles, uh, you know, being used as makeshift ICUs. So I think the scale of the tragedy here, and of course, the thing is that uh, how India manages the pandemic will impact the rest of the world. This is not about just India. Because, you know, if one country bungles, it's going to impact the rest of the world. We've already exported the mutant, quote-unquote, as Banjot said. So this is also something that impacts them, I guess. So maybe that's why the sheer, the language is uh, more harsh. But to me, it doesn't seem particularly harsh, actually. I think that it's been fairly critical. I mean, I mean, it's been consistently critical. And I guess this is the most critical it's been. Yeah, I think the coverage is mainly, like Manisha says, it's driven by the sheer scale of the horror. I mean, anybody who is watching, seeing these pictures, these visuals of mass cremations and people dying on the road, when there's no other way to put it than to just say, and more, not only are the people dying, the government seems completely absent. People are using Twitter to help each other out. So that scale of the tragedy, I think, is what is driving this coverage. But like Manisha also said, I mean, this has been picking up for a bit. And this is just like, because it's just come out burst. And then there are also the images of like, while this was happening, there are images of the Prime Minister holding rallies. There are images of the Kummela. So all this, I mean, this kind of built up into this volcano, which burst out. Certain publications for, uh, say, for the last five, six years, it has been the routine. And uh, for some, of course, it has been event-driven or some tragedy-driven as as the present uh, misery. There is nothing surprising in it. In fact, uh, the government of India has reacted to one of uh, the pieces in uh, Australian. And uh, it was a reprint of an article in perhaps in a British paper. And uh, the, the Indian High Commissioner, because Commonwealth con uh, countries have these High Commissioners rather than Ambassadors, uh, Indian High Commissioner has written back uh, to the Australian. And last year, the, uh, again, an Australian paper and a Chinese um, um, the Ambassador there had reacted to a piece in the Australian version of the Telegraph. I think... Uh... The coverage is for the obvious reasons. Here is a leader who loves big rallies, you know, in the middle of, uh, you know, COVID. Here is a leader who justifies Kumbh Mela, but in the same breath, you know, he uh, criticizes the Muslim congregations. Okay. Then here is a prime minister who is in a hurry to steal that thunder, you know, to, 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 to be called as a world leader. He exports 66 million, uh, you know, vaccines, where, where now we don't even know from May 1st where the 18-year-old will get the first jab. So I think 
his his attitude and his reaction to a big time tragedy uh, at home is something that i think anybody will uh, criticize him let me tell you abhinandan uh, it was in the first week of february i think or maybe second week three international publications uh, one i definitely recall al jazeera i am not able to recall the other two they came out and this was almost you know like two or three days apart three all the three publications came out with stories saying how india was able to beat the virus and what was what might have been the theory behind this so all those three stories actually did not have answer to that question but they you know kind of threw few nuggets so the whole narrative that even the international media was building by february first week or first week i would say was that that india was able to beat the uh, the virus the experts don't know how the experts quoted in those stories did say that it you know maybe india was celebrating too early but the larger narrative was that come to february second week the cases start rising it was february second week when the cases started rising then march and now we have the entire international media you know just reporting employing everything whatever they they have at their disposal to report this you know second massive second wave i will tell you today just before recording this three of my friends whose folks have had vaccines have got covid it's not serious covid but have had covid they've just been diagnosed so they were figuring out bhai kya karna hai should we keep oxygen on standby or what not okay now if the number is 0.04% i find it very strange that i know so many people ki bhai 0.04% ke aadhe logon ko main hi janta hu so and and one more case in our building and what i'm saying is these kind of people are not there in the data set uh, because i live in a colony which is predominantly retirees so this lady she has a caretaker because she's too old to move around so she's had a caretaker for the last 3 4 years her caretaker is from i think jharkhand if i'm not wrong her mother died so she had to take leave and because it's a close knit community they said okay she is going who can take care of her you know who will get food should all that stuff now the block representative which is my mother spoke to that lady's uh, the caretaker and she said my mother actually she had a vaccine and she died so they said what she should have covid he said we don't know so what happened she said she got the vaccine you know there was a side effect one day she was ill she became okay two three days later then she fell ill again and after 10 days she died we said you get tested is because of covid is because she says no she was old we don't know basically it's rule it's an it's an uneducated person now that person was cremated no call came to her has she gone down as a death a covid death has she gone down as a death as an outcome of the vaccine has she gone down as unrelated death how many says no one has called up my family and asked are you guys alive or not after your vaccine how the fuck do they even know so i mean i'm not an anti vaxer but i'm not going to say that oh because what i'm saying may create doubt i will you know swallow what the government is saying hook line and sinker i don't i don't see the data and if i know first hand of dozens of cases then i'd like to know how effective this vaccine is banjot am i being a primitive beast sorry just before before banjot comes in just one small nugget of information so akanksha our reporter has been doing fantastic job going out and reporting on what's happening around so she has been going to crematoriums because she was doing a story she told me she knows at least three cases three deaths which happened after they had taken both doses of vaccine and this is in delhi like she went to three four crematoriums at most okay so before i go into the data part i'll say something which may appear as cliche because you might have heard it in number of places but i have to say this because this is a thing of science and i'm not telling this because government is telling you or somebody else but this is a thing of science 
and this is a cliche by now but i have to say this vaccines do not prevent infection what vaccines do is they prevent that if you are infected if you get virus if you get exposed to virus after being vaccine fully vaccinated what vaccine will ensure is that you do not get a severe disease you do not require hospitalization or you just don't get a severe disease you don't die you may or anybody who is fully vaccinated so what is full vaccination the full vaccination is after second dose 15 more days so 15 days after the second dose that is when one is supposed to have been fully immunized so even after being fully immunized one can very well get the infection but that infection in all likelihood would be mild and it will not push you to hospitals definitely i i believe not to death having said so when i say that not a single death will happen even after full immunization i would be wrong because remember no vaccine has got 100% efficacy from 80% to 70% to 90% to some even 60% we have different range of efficacies for every vaccine so that range or that efficacy data only means that this is a percentage Uh, you know um, this is this was the percentage of people who did not uh, you know requires uh, who did not acquire a severe disease or who who did not die so there may be death even after full doses two full doses but the possibility of that remains very very rare because most of the vaccines have efficacy of say 70 to 90% that is one now two avinandan you talked about data i for one as a journalist believe that you know journalism is nothing but literature in hurry right and literature is all about showing mirror to the society so if mass cremations are taking place today we have to show it we can't hide it and mental health is a crisis i agree to it i mean there are no two doubts about it it is a big crisis but addressing that crisis would mean that journalists should stop doing their jobs is that the way out or the way out it and it was done in the first wave uh, i am not saying this in vacuum this was done in the first wave helplines for uh, mental assistance were open meant prominent mental health institutes of this country were made part of this and helplines were open helplines were open why can't they open the helplines again where some whoever is feeling you know kind of anxious or or you know whatever whatever thought he or she is going through which is too much for him to take this helplines can be opened if you are really worried about mental health crisis i mean asking journalists not to do their jobs will it solve i mean uh, it's not nothing to be personal about it but there out of four people in my family three are covid positive none of them is watching tv or reading newspapers because they have really no energy to do it but the amount of anxiety that they have at this moment and which also gets passed on to me that has got nothing to do with the reportage reporting from the crematoriums from the crematorias and on cremations is actually telling us the gap in between what the delhi government is telling us and what the reality can be and look i'm sure images of cremations will always be more striking than burials because there's you know there's a ground on fire basically so perhaps that is why people don't remember you know the drone shots from the us or from italy because these were graves and that's not really i mean it's not as striking as say a, a picture of cremations but this has been done throughout the world to show the scale of large scale destruction and deaths the pandemic has caused i mean cremations are the place for reporting right now and especially with this government which is so cagey about data i mean to me i'm i find it so surprising what banjot said at the beginning that we don't even know about the indian variant you know how transmissible is it 
I mean, for something as basic as that, that we should know, this would help us, right? right. This is really a disingenuous argument. I mean, it's true. I mean, it would be wrong to say that people see these things and their mental health is not affected. Yes, for some people, it might be that might be the case. But as a journalist, you always, always make a make a decision that is this in such public interest that you can take that risk that it might harm some people like their mental health but the public interest is so overriding that you still have to report it and i don't know where these people have been like living all this while this is what journalists have been doing since the beginning such pictures such videos they have defi- they have changed history who the only thing i mean if you talk about the vietnam war for example what do you remember the, that girl naked girl running from the yeah exactly from the napalm attack what do you remember i mean so many people died during the migrant crisis in europe what do you remember that small kid lying on the beach face down what do you remember from the bengal famine i mean we didn't even know there was a bengal famine until we grew up and started reading and you still see those pictures those striking pictures and you see okay this is what uh, churchill did for example you see that picture of that of that vulture hovering over that girl yeah. in africa this is what journalists have always been doing this is your recording this i mean i have no clue what these people are going on about yesterday a reputed photojournalist a photo editor is very well known his mother passed away because of covid there's a separate story i mean he went from one hospital to another i won't go into that but after the death uh, he hired one uh, it was in greater noida greater noida area so he hired one uh, you know ambulance and that ambulance uh, it cost him uh, 20000 rupees uh, it was about the distance was about 12 km 12 to 15 km so he goes to the crematorium he reaches that place at around uh, 6:30 6 o'clock and then he's waiting for his turn and uh, he went to the electronic uh, electric crematorium so now after waiting for 4 hours he was the last his was the last one he apparently so his, his turn came at around 11 o'clock so the crematorium guy said where this debate has surfaced if you uh, stay away from social media you will not come in contact with this kind of debates so uh, it is not a debate that, that is uh, in regular public discussion and uh, let me take a very cynical view of it that uh, mm, there is a crisis but you don't stay with the crisis what you do next like say politicians now what they will do and journalists what they would do bureaucrats what they would do now politicians would not because they want to do something good or great but because now their political interests are tied to being seen as doing something in response to the crisis they will do something they would do something even if they, it is a effective or ineffective they would do something in their constituency or they would like to be seen doing something so uh, not because they are great or good but that is that is how they see now their career tied with uh, for uh, for say next 2 3 months now uh, journalists i just uh, i i don't believe that uh, all of them are very much moved by some great public interest but that um, someone was saying that that's uh, uh, their work profile they would uh, report something that is something in front of them a lot of people in this country don't realize how governance is happening it is centralized to a level it has never been seen before and i'm telling you after raman sir will also bear me out he has also spoken to many senior bureaucrats 
people who report to the PMO are overruling cabinet ministers, much to their embarrassment. Right. So a, a secretary or a joint secretary level person who reports directly to PMO can overrule a cabinet minister. No one is willing to say anything. Boss, batayega jo karna hai. Ham to kuch karenge nahi. So betho. Secretary of the ministries, all the ministries, they come from the PM, pre PMO. Okay, the minister himself cannot decide who the secretary will be. Even their own private secretaries. Even they, I mean, some of them. They so it's, I mean, some of the decision making is centralized to a different level. So why? So if he doesn't know, then no one is going to take any call on anything, because depending on the how political fallout of that call, they'll be rewarded or punished. So no one wants to take a chance on anything. No, I think it's pretty clear because in December is when a TV media also started playing up. Modi as this world leader that's going to that other countries are looking up to, you know, and who's going to lead the light and who's going to take us all out of the pandemic. So this va- vaccine methi thing again just seems to be something that was supposed to polish his image. As no, Manisha, world, just you know. about that particular point. I mean, a lot of this was. I mean, they played, they made photo ops, they turned it into this huge charity and donation thing. A lot of this was contractual obligation for SSI, SII. 20 million. 20 million of it was. But 36 million was commercial exports. Yeah. And 10 million were grants from government. It's still quite a lot. Yeah. Actually, you see, uh, one point. Go ahead. See, uh, I think there is a cost-benefit analysis. If uh, in, uh, It's a more of a failure of foresight. They were too confident that they have... Uh, overcome the worst phase of uh, the pandemic. And uh, Modi's foreign policy uh, urge for international approval has been there and he wanted to put all eggs in this basket. Yes, as Mehraz said that India was just a guarantor of some contract, of contracts between private firms and foreign countries. Now, there is a clause, what in bureaucracy, I don't know, it's a French term, I don't know the exact pronunciation, it's called force majeure, means you can cancel all the obligations, yeah. if the domestic demands are there, and you can say, sorry, we cannot do that, uh, because our, our own demands are there. That could have been put in, uh, in hindsight, put in place a bit earlier. All of you listening in, the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.